Hi, you are listening to episode number 13 of the Welcome Home to the Suburbs podcast. Today I have Greenwich real estate agent Susan Isaac on with me, and we are going to discuss and give all kinds of fantastic advice on your home search, purchasing your new home, what to look for in your new home, and how to make that big decision. So here we go. You're listening to Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Designing a new home to be your family's sanctuary can feel impossible during the stress of moving. In this podcast, interior designer Jill Kalman shares practical advice, design wisdom, and lifestyle tips for anyone moving to a new home. You'll learn all about the psychology of a well-designed home and how to survive the move and thrive in your new life. Say goodbye to overwhelm and hello to a home you love to come back to every single time. Here's your host, Jill Kalman. So today I have with me on the podcast, Susan Isaac. She is a real estate agent at Houlihan Lawrence in Greenwich, Connecticut. She is an accomplished agent who provides the highest level of service for all of her buyers, sellers, and renters. She has been named a top 100 agent and a greater Greenwich top producer by The Real Deal and is a recipient of the Houlihan Lawrence Platinum Award. Susan's success comes from being dedicated to her clients' needs and working tirelessly on their behalf. Susan is a full-time agent with a deep knowledge of the market, always putting her clients first. Her goal is to make the entire process a positive one. She takes the time to make sure her clients are well-informed and up-to-date, and she gets results with integrity, tenacity, and professionalism. She's also been a resident of Fairfield County since 2006, and she moved from Manhattan to the suburbs here when her daughter was a toddler. So she understands the unique perspective of a young family that's making the transition from city living to suburban living. Susan loves living here and she's well-versed in all that Greenwich, Stamford, and Fairfield County have to offer. She works with many first-time home buyers, helping them navigate the whole process of buying a house. She knows it's more than simply finding the right house. It's about helping people learn about their neighborhood, their community they're about to live in, and everything that their new town has to offer. Prior to real estate, Susan worked in the magazine industry. She worked for Condé Nast and Time Inc. and produced award-winning photography, and she specialized in celebrity food and lifestyle shoots. She was an editorial photo director at those magazines and has a BFA in photography. Susan is a consummate professional, and she brings all that same attention and detail and creativity and hard work to Houlihan Lawrence. So welcome, Susan, with me today, and let's dive in. Hey, Susan, I'm so glad to have you with me today. Hi, Jill. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been waiting to get a realtor and really... I mean, hopefully I have a few realtors on because I like to have people from different, you know, areas. But you're with Houlihan Lawrence out of the Greenwich, Connecticut office. And for those listeners who aren't familiar with Greenwich, it is a bedroom community of New York City. It's just, I don't know, 50 minutes out of Manhattan, I guess, on the train, roughly. I used to commute it, I should remember, but something like that. And now with, you know, COVID and people moving out of New York City, I'm sure you've been very busy, right? <laughs> uh, busy is an understatement. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I'll just give you a minute to introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll kind of get into some topics. Terrific. So like you said, I'm a real estate agent with Houlihan Lawrence out of Greenwich. I cover Greenwich and Stanford mainly. And I do residential real estate sales and rentals. 
And really, my focus is on young families leaving the city and coming up to the suburbs. So I help people through that entire process of figuring out where they want to live, how they want to live, and finding a house that hopefully meets all of their vision within their budget. Yes. And, you know, Fairfield County in general, which is, again, for those listeners, it's made up of several different towns, Greenwich being one of them and probably the first stop right out of Manhattan. But it's always been quite a destination as a bedroom community of Manhattan. So, you know, even in the past, people would have summer homes in this area, or if they did want to move to a suburb, this area was definitely highly considered. However, now in the age of a pandemic, I'm sure you see the shifting maybe even in more of a magnitude, I guess. Yeah, the sheer number. The demand. Are, exactly. The demand, right. Yeah. The demand is huge. Just the number of people leaving the city has grown exponentially for obvious reasons with the pandemic. What I'm seeing a lot are, are clients coming to me who say virtually the same thing. We had always planned to leave the city. We just aren't ready yet, but we're going to accelerate our plan and leave now. And often Mm -hmm. they have an infant or a toddler and they kind of had planned to stick around and stay until their kid went to kindergarten. So they've accelerated. And because of that acceleration, they haven't really put any thought to where they'd live, Mm -hmm. but they just know that Greenwich is nice or Stanford is great or whatever it is that they're hoping to find. So what's interesting is that recent sales figures for Greenwich show that the pending deals are up 96% year over year, which really means that our wow has all but doubled in a year's time. That's amazing. It's remarkable. That's how much of an increase in our market we've seen. And the majority of buyers are people leaving the city. Yeah. And I mean, I do think it's a national trend. I think, I mean, my programs, I can help anybody moving from any major city to a suburb because I have digital, but yeah. And I think there are other cities across the nation. New York was unique in that we were kind of the first one of the first big cities as a hotspot. And, you know, New York City never closes down and it virtually closed down, which was really almost unprecedented. And it's funny because I do think too, sometimes when people consider the suburbs in this area, they look at Westchester County, Mm -hmm. which is also lovely. And recently I had someone say to me, you know, we kept looking Westchester, Westchester, and then all of a sudden we were like, oh, Greenwich. And then we looked there and we really loved it, Mm -hmm. which I thought was so great. So yeah, you think maybe that trend of where it's doubled, maybe people are realizing too, it doesn't have to be in New York, like Westchester suburb. It could be Connecticut and Greenwich is obviously, and Stanford too, really attractive because the commute's even shorter. Sure. Absolutely. I'm definitely seeing people, well, there are a few layers to how to look at the way people are coming. First is commuting is not necessarily the focal point right now. And people are telling me that they're not going to go back to their company for the foreseeable future. Everyone is pretty much well established that they can work from home in their industry. So mm-hmm. they realize that they don't need to be as close as possible to the city and they've loosened up their restriction on a certain time frame for the commute. The next mm-hmm. thing is in terms of what they can afford or what kind of house they can get in different communities with stronger school districts, for example, or whatever their metrics are, the things that they'd like to have, the inventory is so sparse that they mm-hmm. find that they're moving out of their original plan just to see what else they can find. 
Greenwich is yeah. 50 square miles. So there's a lot of town. You know, in comparison, Rye is seven square miles. Larchmont is not even two square miles. So we have a lot more space and many more homes. And we're unique in having everything in every single price point you can imagine from modest apartments to enormous estates. And I think once people realize what there is available right across the border, they start to think, well, maybe I should take a look. Mm-hmm. And then it's my job to help introduce them to the town if they're not familiar at all with it. Greenwich has a reputation sometimes that precedes it as a very particular place or a very wealthy town. Mm-hmm. But it happens to be a very diverse and real town filled with all kinds of everybody. I mean, I think very, that, yeah. very. We used to live in Riverside and um, that's one thing I loved about Greenwich. It's such a mix. And like you just said, with even housing, there's actually a mix of housing too mm. and neighborhoods and people. And it also just offers so much community wise, whether it be your local library or events or whatever. So yeah, I mean, it is a very, it's rich, not just mm-hmm not just rich, but it's rich in what it offers, really. People should know that for sure. Thanks, definitely. I always tell people that you get a lot of town with your house. There's a lot to do, right? With many beachfronts. I mean, we even have ferry service to Parks and Recreation Department Islands. I mean, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens here. And people who had been looking in different places and realized that Greenwich has all of these things. It's very cosmopolitan. There's a film festivals and town parties with famous musicians and all of these great things that go on, they realize that they might have had it wrong and they start to really dig in and look at houses. Yeah, it's a super great way to put it. You get a lot of town and you do. There's a lot there and it's really, really fantastic. And I know initially with COVID, you know, the rental market was booming. I think it's still very strong. Did you find that people who either thought they were going to rent or maybe did rent are now like, you know what, we need to buy? So yes, I've definitely seen the trend go from people coming up here and looking initially for a short-term rental. That was the first wave of people to get me out of here. I don't care what I'm going to move into. I just want a house right now and it has to be furnished and it has to be available tomorrow. Once people figured out that there really isn't a lot of inventory because Greenwich doesn't have the kind of vacation rental market that you find somewhere like the Hamptons, Mm -hmm. we just didn't have the inventory of homes for people to move into immediately that would allow a two or three month rental that ended in June. So then those folks realized they needed to look at a longer term commitment, which got the wheels turning. Well, why would I be renting a house indefinitely? Why don't I just look to buy one? So I've Mm -hmm. seen that pivot with my own clients and just in general. That's pretty much what's happening. Anytime a rental goes on the market, it's gone in minutes, which is a little jarring for some in, in our market because we don't normally move that quickly, but it's yeah, the demand is huge. I've heard that. And did Greenwich have prior to this many people who had summer homes? Because Westport, where I am, a lot of people did have not just summer rental, but actually summer homes or second homes that they owned here. Were there many second homes in Greenwich? There's a significant second home market, but not necessarily, you know, those are, they're all over town. You know, yeah. The majority of people in Greenwich really live here full time. And yes. and so the second homes that you see, those people either stayed in their first homes wherever they were and rented mm-hmm. them out or came up to live in those second homes and camp out here. Right. And, and I've also right. spoken with uh, 
fair number of people who are living with their parents in Greenwich <laughs> are looking for <laughs> looking for a way to get out of the house they grew up in. And do I know of anything that's available? Um, yeah. And no, I brought up the second home thing because, well, Westport had had it, I think. Well, and you guys do too. You have the beaches. And so people from New York City would have a second home, you know, in Weston, in Westport, wherever, mm-hmm. somewhere in Fairfield County, Darien, maybe wherever. And I was curious if on the second homes they had, because it was just sort of a weekend getaway house, those houses, they may have wanted to upgrade. So some of those may have come on the market and people are upgrade. I mean, everybody's kind of upping their housing game, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, I also heard on numerous, I mean, Wall Street Journal, CNBC, just locally that the desire for pools has massively increased. And so if the home didn't already have a pool, people are definitely putting them in or the demand is just show me a house, Susan, but with a pool. Is that true? A hundred percent true. Yeah. People are looking for a way to stay isolated, but outside, because I think the mindset is I don't want to go to the town pool or public pool necessarily if there's another outbreak or I don't really feel comfortable now and it's the summer. So that I think was the initial focus that I saw with my own clients to try and find properties that already had pools. Mm -hmm. Then expanding into would this property have space for a pool? How do I get a pool permit? So I've walked some people through the process of what it takes to have a pool installed and it's not an overnight process. Although there Mm -hmm. are some very cool companies out there that build, they're now called on ground pools, not the above Mm -hmm. ground blue plastic circle that we know of, but um, an on ground pool can be created with, you know, an infinity edge and masonry waterfalls and just look amazing. And those kinds of pools are a little bit easier to pull off because they don't really require digging. And so so that's that's, amazing. Yeah. And there's actually a company, and I don't know the name offhand, unfortunately, but in Canada that retrofits shipping containers to make smaller kind of splash pools out of repurposed shipping containers. And those are very, they're really cool, very ultra modern. That's great. The on-ground pool sounds interesting. I'd love to see one of those. That's a really new concept I hadn't heard of yet. That sounds good. You'd never, you've probably seen them and you just didn't know it because they're mm-hmm. so skillfully landscaped and built up that you just, it's like an oasis. They can be really beautiful. Yeah. And you can get them installed quicker probably because they're not breaking ground and bulldozing and all that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah and not the excavation. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. We touched on this a little bit. And I mean, we probably know the answer. And I don't know how long it's going to go on for. But people definitely aren't commuting as much. They are working from home. You know, no one can really tell how long that's going to go on. um, As far as when office buildings can open, and especially in New York, you know, the office buildings are large, there's a lot of people to accommodate in the elevators, lots of floors, close quarters and cubicles. So how much more emphasis are you seeing on the home office? And because, you know, I'm realizing too, it's not just one person working from home, right? Mm -hmm. Right. A lot of times there's two and then you're maybe homeschooling. Are people asking for two home offices? Yeah. Two home offices is a current question that I'm asked. And it's certainly not a commonly built feature into any house. If you think about it, there's a traditional set of rooms and one of them is an office and then there's a den and perhaps a playroom and all of these spaces. So when I take people into homes, we're looking to see what room could be retrofitted into a second office and then a space for the kids to be homeschooled away from the family because everyone's so tired of it all happening on the kitchen island. Mm -hmm. And, you know, dad's in a Zoom meeting and mom is also in a Zoom meeting and the kids need to be in a Zoom meeting and everyone goes insane. So this is a solution that mm-hmm. is harder to come by 
the way people are approaching it is looking at homes with more bedrooms so that yes. the bedrooms can become, but then it pushes people into a different price category. Sometimes that price category is not within their budget. So mm-hmm. they'll bring in a designer such as you or somebody who can help them create a space within the space that they're already looking at. Yeah. One of the other issues that I think is a suburban problem, really good internet service and the ability to get a cell signal at a house is very critical yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. I try to help people look at all the different solutions like Wi-Fi calling, or you can have a cell repeater installed on your roof, which can draw in the cell service to your house a little bit more robustly. But I have clients who will stand in a house, look at their phone and say, nope, because, <laughs> because they don't have a signal. That's, That's a super good point because we do have a lot of sort of what I call dead zones, mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. yeah, some certain homes you're like, whoops, I can't get a good signal. That's a good point. So that's, I think people who live in the city are so used to having great cell service and great internet service all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's a tough pill to swallow, especially if you're spending so much money on a house. That Yes. And from my end, where designers can help or realtors too, there are certain audiovisual technicians and electricians that can install certain repeaters, certain things that do help the signal. Even when we built my home office, mm-hmm. which was long before COVID, the way the signal had to travel, it was definitely weaker here. So, you know, they installed boosters and all kinds of things so that we have really good service in this end of the house. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it is it is something that has to be solved. And the other difference is that sometimes, you know, before this, people would say, well, if we can have an office big enough to share, that's great. That's kind of no longer because of what you said about being on a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. You know, like my office is big enough for my husband to work here too. It's definitely big enough, but we wouldn't be able to do it because like right now when I'm recording this podcast, if he needs to get on a call, we would just sound each other out. So it, it is more critical to have separate spaces. And then you add on the homeschooling aspect with the kids. So yeah, separate spaces have become more important. Definitely a factor in people searches. More than ever, people would like to see the floor plans and the 3D interactive tours and the videos and everything else that would allow them to get a sense of the house before they make the trip to see it in person. Yeah, that's the other thing. I heard a lot of people are actually buying their homes virtually. Are you finding that a trend? I am. I haven't had anybody buy a house sight unseen, but this has happened with colleagues of mine. The Connecticut Realtors have come out with a release, essentially a sight unseen release mm-hmm. for, yeah. for people who are willing to buy or rent something they haven't set foot in. It happens. So, you know, there are many tools that we have as agents to try and get as much information in the hands of people searching for homes as possible. So whether it's truly an interactive looking tour where you can get close up and look at the finishes and it's about as good as it gets. I do an incredible number of video walkthroughs of listings for my clients because they don't want to, it's very emotional, the whole process too. And they don't want to come all the way up to look at a house and realize it's not for them. So I preview properties and FaceTime them just to help them get a sense of it. Yeah. And what they should come up and spend the time to see. Yeah. It's interesting. There was actually a gentleman featured on, I think, CNBC and he lived in the city. His wife, they all, they both had careers in the city and they thought down the road at some point they would move to a suburb. So of course COVID hit and they thought, okay, maybe we'll do that. And then they said, you know what? 
if we're going to move anyway, let's move to where we thought we'd always want to go, which was Nashville. And Nashville's been a really up and coming place to move to anyway. And he was saying on CNBC how he did it completely virtually, bought the house, and they were moving in with no problem. And I think, so if you do it virtually, you still have the right to get it inspected, right? You can still have a home inspector come? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think he mentioned that. He's like, we had a really good inspector. He went through everything, had the inspection report and everything. And so he was just like, we're just going to go for it and do it. So it's really interesting. But I know in Westport, a lot of realtors have told me they've actually sold homes virtually quite a few. Sure. Yeah. It's interesting. These are interesting times. (laughs) Yeah. For sure. And I think we've touched on, you know, a lot of the challenges or differences people deal with from city living and home ownership in the burbs. But you know, like the internet's one and there's a lot of lifestyle things. You and I were speaking about, and this is really true, like, you know, a lot of my clients over the, you know, past decade or so will say, Oh gosh, like I have to think about getting a garbage man and I've got to actually get the lawn cut and all that stuff's taken care of for you in the city. So It's like you and I were saying, you know, you have a super and if the heat's broken, you call him or whatever, but you're not used to having to deal with like maintenance issues, right? Mm -hmm. Service plans, things like that. You want to touch on that a little bit as far as just like considering that with homeownership? Absolutely. So when someone's coming up to buy their first home or their 20th home, I mean, wherever their situation takes them to buy a house, it's really important to look at all of the different factors that go into your monthly expenses. So I encourage my clients to look at everything as a monthly expense and work it out backwards, take their mortgage payment, take into account the average utility costs, the maintenance costs, so that they have an idea of what they'll be spending. Because there's quite a sticker shock that can happen the first time you need to get, you know, the furnace repaired or some sort of service call that costs, you know, $500 or $1,000 or something when you're used to calling the super. Now, Mm -hmm. there are service plans out there, like a home warranty contract, where you can essentially have a super that you call who takes care of everything for a monthly payment. And that Mm -hmm. really works for some people. But other people are so excited about homeownership and taking it all on themselves that all of this is fine, but they just need to be savvy about how much these things cost. So they're, they're not caught off guard and also moving is so expensive. And I think that there are all these pieces that I will bring up with my clients so that they're aware of what the closing costs are. I always tell them to factor moving into their closing costs because a move from another state to this one is a minimum $5,000, if not more. Yeah. And if you're moving to a house with a lot of steps, those steps will cost you with your movers. So there are these pieces that you need to figure out where you don't feel like you're just trapped in your house because it's so expensive to live in it. That's a good point. There's just, there's a lot of other costs involved. And I, my services, what I try to do is just sort of remind people of that and just say, let just don't forget, you know? And I, and I think as realtors, I know even when we were looking for homes, if you wanted to find out utility bills for that particular property, I think you guys were able to, a lot of times be able to say, heating is roughly X. And, and of course, everything is within a range because some people turn the heat up higher than others. But but you can give people like a base mark, right? To work from. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I have some numbers that I work out for a certain size square footage, you should expect X. And if it's larger, a little bit more. And if you have a pool, add this in. Just yep. so people can work out those numbers. Another thing that I think is helpful to factor when people are looking at towns 
when they're coming up from the city, anywhere they're coming from, is to look at the property taxes and how the property taxes factor into your monthly mortgage payments. Mm -hmm. Uh, A town like Greenwich, for example, has very low property taxes relative to everywhere else in the New York City suburban range. Mm -hmm. Um, Very low, very low. And there's no catch. They're just low. Uh, So No, they are. Uh, They are, yeah. Yeah. So we're, you know... When people, going back to what we were talking about with Westchester and then migrating up to Connecticut, a lot of that has to do with uh, it changes people's buying power when the taxes are three times less than they are at houses they were looking at in another town. So they could either buy a more expensive house or pocket the money and use that for you know living. I encourage people to think about this as a lifestyle change and what can they do to enrich their lives and their lives are probably not going to be enriched if they're in a house that is very expensive to maintain you know it's very easy to fall into the you know every house is a little bit better if you just go a little bit over your price range and try to read mm-hmm. it a little bit further you mm-hmm. know if i take you to a house that's twice your budget of course you're going to love it it's going to be amazing so let's mm-hmm. not do that let's stick within our budget and find something that has as many amazing features as possible so that you can also live an amazing life and go to dinner and enjoy it you know yeah and also like when you're in it it's comfortable You've got the rooms furnished so that it functions with your lifestyle. You have a place to sit and read that's comfortable. You have a place to do yoga. You have whatever it is because a common theme with people who have moved from the city to the suburbs or have upsized, really, it's upsizing versus downsizing, is that they kind of put it at last priority and rooms can go years being unfurnished and that that doesn't really serve them. What has happened during COVID is it has made people realize that they shouldn't do that because, you know, the house really is a place where they need to recharge, refresh. And I always felt that way, even when times were busy and we were out of our homes more. But now that we're in our homes more, it's really become a focal point. And I think it's kind of let people understand that bit better. So, but that's a really good point you brought up too, about just seeing comparison of the property tax from one town to another. That can totally change your monthly overhead in a big way. So that's a really good point. Yeah, certainly. Do you find turnkey is what people want or are people willing to do some remodeling or construction or they just want to be able to move right in? I find personally with my particular clientele, turnkey is the main focus. I think there's an element of just everything is so hard. Often these are young families with a baby and relocating and everything else is going on. They just can't fathom also taking on a whole project. So what I'll hear is I'm not opposed to making a new bathroom or fixing things up. But I think in practice, when I bring people into a home, if it isn't exactly the way that they pictured it, it can be hard to love it or to love the potential of it. If mm. you're also, it's, I don't want to say uneasy about moving, but because it's an exciting, this is the fun part, right? But it's an yes. exciting process, but it is also daunting and it can be overwhelming and it can be very expensive. So In theory, people say I would be okay with doing work. And it really, in my experience, takes some tremendous, just you have to overcome your hesitation about a house needing work. It has to have all of the other elements, but just a dated kitchen for you to say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take on this Mm -hmm. project. I think that there's a lot of value, though, to be had in a house that needs to be updated because you can update it exactly to your taste and live the way that you imagine living and not have to live with someone else's kitchen or the way that they like their bathroom. I mean, you can really have a very nice experience. So, 
you know, on the flip side of that, though, with people who are looking to leave the city or wherever they're leaving as soon as possible and get settled right now, Turkey mm-hmm. is really the only option or mm-hmm. something that's livable that they're going to update eventually, but nothing, right. that, no one's looking for a fixer upper right. yet or very few people. Yeah. And that's why I brought up because I think where you're so anxious to get out. But like you said, there might be a kitchen or a bathroom in the house that maybe isn't to your liking, but it's livable. So you can move in now and make a plan for remodeling that later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And saying that or knowing the potential, like, you know, sometimes I'll have a client who just the whole bones and layout of the house is really great. And they know the kitchen they're going to have to change to their liking, but they see the potential, you know, so if you can see the potential in it, then it's worth the investment a lot of times. And then you just plan for it down the road. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was just curious to ask that because I know there's just, there is, there's a rush because, you know, we're in pressured times. And Absolutely. I know we were talking about kitchens and it really has always been called the hub of the home. Mm-hmm. And it's even been the hub of the home, whether you cooked or didn't cook. I think with now everybody being home in the circumstances we're eating at home more. I think even people who didn't cook, especially in the beginning, were cooking because in the very beginning, it was unsure about takeout. There wasn't even much takeout available. It's certainly less in the suburb than in the city. Sure. Now you have homeschooling going on. And without all those extra home offices like we were talking about, maybe that's going to take place at the kitchen table mm-hmm. or the kitchen island. So I was just curious. I think kitchens have always been a strong emphasis. I think people really look at them and want – and do you think it's even more so now, the kitchen Yes. You're looking at homes. You know, absolutely. There's a saying, people buy the kitchen, not the house, <laughs> because, because everything else is easy, but the kitchen isn't. And the thing yeah. is, a kitchen could be easy, but I think people are looking at it as that control center, the hub of everything, and that a kitchen is much more appealing when there's a comfortable seating space that would allow for homeschooling and also cooking, but just hanging out and there's an ease to it. So what I'm finding, especially if people are willing to do a little bit of work, they want to knock out the dining room altogether and incorporate that into just one massive kitchen and have it be a mm-hmm. casual living entire space where, you know, because they just, they feel like it's wasted space where if you have sort of a breakfast seating area and then five feet away, you have a dining room, why not just incorporate it into an eating area and then have a much cooler, larger kitchen it's the thing that really would help people overcome. If like other pieces of the house aren't quite there, but the kitchen is spot on, that is the house. And, yeah. you know, it's interesting how that is such a focal point. Really, it doesn't matter the price point, who's buying it, young families, retirees, apartments or mansions, everyone is looking at the kitchen. It's so true. And then I think to think about it, when you're coming from the city, kitchens are so much smaller than they would be in the suburbs. So when you get out to the suburbs, your kitchen is a whole other really big living space now, like you were just saying. I mean, it offers so much. It's usually typically so much more room than a city kitchen. City kitchens are usually much more compact sure, and more utilitarian, just there to get the cooking done. Whereas here, it's more of a living space, which leads me into my next thing. Open floor plans have been trending for a long time. Now, there's actually some information out there that people are wanting some rooms that are separate. They need them. Like we talked about the home office. Like we talked, you know, everyone's home all the time. You need to maybe shut the door. (laughs) Are you noticing any of that where people want some separate spaces that isn't just one? I mean, it's okay to have some part of the house that's open, but Mm -hmm. 
are people realizing that walls actually are okay now maybe and maybe we need more i don't know it's i've actually read and heard a lot about that as far as floor plans that's a great observation i think People are concerned that there was a trend towards open plan as the be-all end-all that a lot of walls got knocked out of houses before, and now we're coming around and looking at them to buy, and I'll have clients say, I need some rooms. Like, this is a little bit silly because the whole first floor is just like a Soho loft. Right. <laughs> and I'd be happy to have an office that's separate, or you know, I don't want to walk in from the garage into the entire space. I'd like a mudroom. I'd like separation so that things can be where they need to be. And, you know, oftentimes I'll hear there's so much pressure to keep an open plan clean all the time because there's nowhere to shove the toys or, you know, spread out your taxes or something without having to put them all Mm -hmm. away again. So I think that you're absolutely right. I'm seeing this too. People want their rooms back. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's a need for some privacy. And actually, um, I had done an episode with a person who specialized in what's called neuroarchitecture. And we just talked about living in the home. And when you look back at architecture centuries ago, even, you know, there were what they called private spaces and public spaces of your home. And listen, we're all human and we sort of all go back to, it is funny if you think about it. I don't know if you see this, but like a lot of times the smallest room in the house is where everybody wants to be, right? (laughs) It's that cozy little nook of a den, right? And I think it's just sort of our human nature, but I do think with what's going on and we have so many more family members home 24 seven, right? We almost need that separation and we're doing more things in our home. Our home is functioning as everything now. It's the office. It's the school. Mm-hmm. It's the library. It's the gym. It's the everything, right? So right. it is just interesting to see how trends go. And yeah, I was just curious if people are like, like you just said, it's really open and they're like, maybe we're going to put a wall here, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we'll buy two houses. I'll live there. You'll live there. But no. Definitely. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So this has been great. I want to wrap up by you giving, if you have any best advice for people that are home searching right now or moving from a major city to the suburbs, any little tips you have. And then from there, if you want to let people know how to find you on social media or the internet, I'd love to have you let people know how to find you. So if they are looking in Greenwich, Sanford, Fairfield County area, you could help them. Thank you, Jill. My best piece of advice for people looking to move to the suburbs is make the house last. Don't think about the house. First, imagine what do you want your life to look like in the suburbs? Everyone has it in their head, whether it's a neighborhood with sidewalks or they want to be in the woods or they want to be at the beach or whatever their image is try to figure that out because that's a really important first piece. It's very Mm -hmm. easy to go online and find beautiful homes in a vacuum and you don't know where they are or what's the neighborhood like or anything. Mm -hmm. It's very important, I think, to go through the process of that kind of soul search over Mm -hmm. what kind of life you want to live when you're not in the city anymore. Some people really desire being in a very walkable neighborhood where they could walk and get coffee and walk to school and walk to the train and just have it feel like a scaled down version of the neighborhood they live in now in the city. Other people just want to get away from everybody and want some privacy and don't want to have to see 20 people every time they go in and out of a building now and you know their house. They just are looking for some solitude and they're okay with driving to things. But it's important first to establish the lifestyle you're looking to lead and then start to whittle it down into, you know, identifying the town. If you already know that you like Greenwich, awesome. Let's figure out which neighborhood gives you the lifestyle you're thinking about. And then it's a process of elimination, truly. 
sometimes you don't know what you don't like until you're standing in a room with it. So mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to come in and just try to look at everything within reason. Of course, we're very respectful of COVID regulations with showing. So I, I'm not mm-hmm. currently going to take someone to see a hundred houses just to get an idea. You know, we right. have to be very focused. But this is where those virtual tours come in handy. But you know, you need to stand in a house and see how it feels because it's a gut feeling. And so I try to go at it from a different direction with people and encourage them to go with their gut, think about how things make them feel so that they arrive in a place. Once they've eliminated enough things, you're trying to peel away all the doubt so that when you're at the point of house hunting and you walk into the house you're going to buy and you open the door and you say, I am home, That is a feeling that you get when you've done research and you've figured out what you're looking for in your heart and your mind and for your family. You won't have that nagging doubt of, you know, maybe I should have looked at one more town or there are five more houses out there I should probably see. There is no time wasted. And I commend people who put in the effort to get to the point. It's a wonderful thing to walk into a house and just be sure because you know what you know and you've mm-hmm. gone through the process. So I just, I try to turn it inside out for people and pull them away from looking at houses first to look mm-hmm. honestly into themselves and see. Such a good thing. What they want. Yes. Yeah. And I do the same thing in that whole, I mean, one of my taglines is welcome home because I always felt the minute you come through the door, whether it's from a vacation that you loved, you know, and you almost didn't want to leave, but right. Or if you've come in from work or you've had a busy day, you've had a good day, you've had a bad day, you come through those doors and it's this feeling of, it's like safety. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot of things and it's comfort, but that's a really, really good point and researching the neighborhoods and the kind of lifestyle you do want, because in these suburbs, there are sort of areas that are walkable and closer to town. And then there are, as we know, very remote parts where mm-hmm. it's going to be a bit of a drive, but it's that kind of maybe woodsy private feel or more distance between homes. You know, right. some neighborhoods are closer than others. So I love that, Susan. That's really great advice. It's fun yeah, to work ahead. with people going through that process. It really is. Yeah, I love that. And then, yeah, let people know where they can find you. Go ahead. I'll let you. Sure. I have all sorts of places online to find me. You can find me on my agent website, which is Susan Isaac, spelled I-S-A-A-K.com. That'll take you to the Houlihan Lawrence page for me. I'm also on Instagram at Susan Isaac. I'm on Facebook at Susan Isaac Real Estate. And I also write about business for a small business education website called Fit Small Business, which is more of a business-facing agent-to-agent consumer product, but I do that too. But for real estate, definitely just go to SusanIsaac.com and you'll find me. That's awesome. This has been great today. I think we jam-packed a lot of really good information that's really valuable for so many people. And I think your perspective and your advice has just been amazing. Anybody looking for a home in the area, feel free to reach out to Susan. She's incredible. And I thank you so much for your time today. This was just awesome. Thank you, Jill. I had a great time. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm so glad. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. To celebrate the launch of this show, I am going to be giving away some great prizes to four lucky winners. One winner is going to get a pair of AirPod Pros and the other three winners are going to get a $100 gift card to either Serena and Lily, Restoration Hardware, or Amazon.com. You get to choose. 
So three lucky listeners who subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes will receive these. It doesn't have to be a five-star review, although I sure hope you do love this show. I want your feedback so I can create an awesome show that provides tons of value to you. So visit jillcalmanandtears.com slash podcast launch to learn more about the contest and how to enter. I'll be announcing the winners on the show in an upcoming episode. From my home to yours, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Welcome Home to the Suburbs. Head over to jillcalmaninteriors.com to learn more about designing a beautiful new home while minimizing the stress of moving. See you back here next week.